It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me here on this Monday, March 8th edition of ATS Radio. I'm your host, Adam Burke. I'll be joined today by professional better and handicapper Kyle Hunter from huntersportspicks.com. We're talking college basketball conference tournaments on today's show. We're trying to run through as many of them as we can on this broadcast, which we are recording on Sunday night because I've got a prior commitment here on Monday. So we're recording this on Sunday night. What that means for you is that some of these lines may have moved a little bit. Uh, maybe they don't. You know, who knows? It's just a matter of when people get involved in the betting markets. So just want to throw that out there at the top of today's show over at ATS.io. Make sure you check out my 2021 MLB betting guide. That's something that I think is a very powerful resource and a very good tool to get you ready for the major league baseball season. We also cover golf, NASCAR, UFC, NHL, uh, college basketball, individual game previews, NBA, lots of stuff going on over at the website. Make sure you check all that out. Or you can download the ATS app, which you can find in the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. Full article integration for that. It's a bet tracker. It's an odd screen. Lots of stuff going on in that ATS app. Make sure you download that today. With that, we bring on today's guest. That is professional better and handicapper Kyle Hunter from huntersportspicks.com. And Kyle, how's it going today, man? Going pretty well, man. Um, this is always one of our favorite shows of the year, right? So I, I'm, I'm excited to get into this one. Absolutely. One of our favorite shows of the year. And of course, as luck would have it, trying to get this done here on a Sunday night. Uh, my computer takes a shit getting blue screen of death over there. So I'm on my wife's computer in a different room. Uh, Kyle's already let me know that it sounds a little bit more echoey. So I apologize for that here on today's show. But we did want to get this out to you did want to make sure we covered as much ground as we possibly could. So let's go ahead and do that. And Kyle, I guess before we start running through these conference tournaments, and we will be going in alphabetical order, by the way, beginning with the AAC. And if we have time, if we're not running too late, finishing up with the wiggity wiggity whack. But Kyle, as far as these conference tournaments have gone here so far, a few surprises, a lot of things that aren't really surprises. What have you seen here so far with these conference tournaments? So um, the neutral court unders have done pretty well. Um, it's helped me have a pretty decent weekend here. Um, I think those lines will keep getting bet down, as we've talked about before with the neutral sites. The other thing is uh, Moorhead State winning over Belmont and the OVC, I thought was a pretty big surprise. You know, Moorhead was knocking down shots when um, they weren't really expected to do that. You know, they were a really big surprise throughout the course of the, the season. You know, really a, quite a few of the conference tournaments, though, there haven't been too many big surprises. The one where um, there were two huge surprises was Vermont and UMBC both falling in the same afternoon. I thought that was really a big surprise. Yeah, it definitely was. And and again, I mean, you have these things, you know, in a one and done format where, you know, one team has a bad shooting night and all of a sudden that's it for their NCAA tournament chances. So, you know, again, we're doing the best we can trying to forecast these things. We've got odds for most of these conference tournaments, I think. Uh, but, you know, again, obviously things can change. We saw, uh, you know, a couple teams have to end their seasons prematurely because they had uh, COVID cases. Northern Iowa comes to mind as one that certainly stood out there. So 
that may still be a thing as we go throughout this week of conference tournaments. And let's go ahead and start in the AAC here. This conference tournament at the Dickies Arena in Fort Worth, Texas. That was the venue for, I think, the 2019. I know it was supposed to be for last year, but I know this is actually going to be the first year of this one at Dickies Arena because last year's tournament was canceled due, of course, to COVID-19. In the AAC here, it looks like it's a pretty top-heavy conference for the most part. You've got Houston, the minus-165 favorite. They are actually the two-seed here. Wichita State is the number one seed, pulling these odds from FanDuel. Wichita State, 3-1. to one. Memphis, plus 420. SMU, plus 650. And really nobody else with a chance in this conference, Kyle. You know, this one's interesting to break down because you're trying to find somebody to to stay away from a one seed usually. And in this one, Wichita State, the one seed is not the best team in this conference. And everybody knows that. So we get down to the bottom. Houston and Memphis just played that epic game on, on Sunday. Um, you know, Houston's the best team here. They have the highest upside. I think everybody would agree with that. This is not a great conference this year. Some of the teams are down. You know, Cincinnati has been really good in the past. Um, not as good right now as what they, they have been in some of these past few seasons. Memphis is a team that's capable. I don't think that Memphis can win that many games in a row to win this conference tournament. I think that they're too inconsistent. You know, they could prove me wrong there. But, you know, I don't know what to do betting-wise with this one because Houston is the best team here. They have to play Memphis earlier on, and then they would have to play probably Wichita State. You know, I guess the question is, which of these teams that are in the first round would be a good one to take a money line rollover on? I think if I were taking a chance here, I'd probably take a chance with UCF. UCF, a team that does have a high upside. They won at Florida State here earlier this year. Team that's been a bit inconsistent as well. But like I said, I think Memphis is inconsistent. So if you want to try to ride UCF for a couple couple games, I wouldn't blame you. And then if you want to go against Wichita State, um, you know, who do you like from the top of this bracket? The problem is I can't really find a team at the top of this bracket that I really like. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, you know, you'd kind of say SMU. I think a team that has a little bit more of a ceiling than what they've shown here so far. But I mean, look, they've only played 11 conference games, 15 games overall. The teams ahead of them, Houston, Memphis, 23 and 22 games respectively. So that's been a big thing for SMU here. I don't know how much of a rhythm they've actually been able to get into uh, throughout the course of this season. I do think that, you know, UCF, you're kind of onto something there. And, and in these conference tournaments where you've got 11 teams in the mix, I try to look at that number six seed as a team that's got a chance to make a run because they draw the worst team in the conference in that first round game when there are 11 teams. So, you know, to me, it's one of those things where they're probably going to win that first game. And in this new venue, Dickey's Arena in Fort Worth, Texas, UCF will have already played a game going into that game against Memphis. So I think UCF, as you said, from a money line rollover standpoint, not a bad look here. I don't think plus 5,500 is that bad of a price uh, if you don't want to get involved in the money line rollover. But I agree with you. I think, I think UCF is, is the long shot you kind of take a look at here in a conference tournament where Houston, as the minus 165 favorite, uh, probably wins it. Yeah, Houston probably wins this one. I don't think you want to take minus 165. We've talked about the rollover being better than the futures price. Um, minus 165 is a pretty big price to be paying. So if you like Houston here, I don't think you need to, to lay the price on the future here. And Houston, you'll have spots to bet on them in game here and even uh, straight game by game um, 
you know, I, I think that this is a spot where UCF, I kind of wish that they were on a different line in some ways so that they could be up against Wichita State. You know, they could maybe even make the final if they were in a different spot. But, you know, like you said, they do the, play the 11, and then they play an inconsistent Memphis team. So a team, if you take a money line rollover, even a future at that price, they don't have to win the conference tournament for you to make money. Well, and real quickly here, too, because this illustrates a point we talked about a little bit last week, uh, specifically with regards to uh, the Mountain or the uh, Missouri Valley Conference Tournament, is that you've got this first game here in the quarterfinals. You've got the last game, Memphis and the 6-11 winner, who, as we both think, will be UCF. They play at 9 o'clock in the quarterfinal game on Friday. That semifinal game is at 4.30 on Saturday and then 2.15 on Sunday for the championship game. So that's something you want to factor into the equation here, too. If you've got a team that's got to win three games in three days, four games in four days, something like that, there are some of these scheduling quirks where these teams don't really get a lot of downtime, don't really get a lot of rest, not really a lot of recovery time. Those can be hindrances when you talk about betting some of these teams from a future standpoint. So that is one thing that would concern me about UCF if they do make a little bit of a run here. But keep that in mind where you will have some of these conference tournaments where a team may win late on Friday night and have to come back and play relatively early on Saturday. Yeah, I agreed. I think that's really important to look at because, you know, for some teams that might not as mean as much as it does for others, you know, deeper teams, maybe it doesn't mean as much, but some of these teams that's really important. And then also, you know, you get in that situation multiple times, you know, maybe you can get by the first time, but then it hits you that second time, you know, remember that you're going to find some really bad efforts in spots like that uh, from time to time. All right, so we got a major conference tournament to talk about here next, and that is the ACC. This one going to be uh, at Greensboro Coliseum in Greensboro, North Carolina. That's pretty much where this one usually is. It was actually supposed to be in Washington, D.C., but it will be held in North Carolina instead because of COVID protocols and, and all that kind of thing. Odds have been up for this conference for a long period of time. Shop around for the best prices, as always here. Uh, looking, you know, and it's very interesting, too. You look at a place like FanDuel here, for example. Florida State, the favorite, at plus 230. Virginia, plus 310. At DraftKings, Virginia is plus 225, and they're the favorite. Florida State, plus 260. So, again, it's very important to shop around for the best prices here, not only because it helps if that team wins the conference tournament, but also from a hedging standpoint, that's very important for you as well. North Carolina, 450. Louisville, 650. Same thing as Virginia Tech coming from FanDuel. Georgia Tech, 10 to 1. Clemson, 20 to 1. Same thing as Duke. And then on down from there. Uh, you look, I mean, this is, this is one of the premier conferences in college basketball. But this season, this conference has just not been anywhere near as strong. Yeah, this this is a weak conference compared to what they usually are for sure. Um, you know, it's hard to imagine a team uh, like Duke being as bad as they have been. And, and, you know, that's not trying to bash Duke. It's just that, you know, it's hard to believe Duke is playing on the first day. You know, can you believe that we'd ever be talking about things like that? We're used to seeing a team like, you know, Georgia Tech be playing in it or something. And they're, they're actually playing well this year. Instead, Duke's down there, you know, um, certainly – unexpected uh, uncharted territories there for them. I would say Florida state certainly has the highest upside um, in this conference to me. The the problem that I have with this and Adam, I know you and I have talked about this before. Leonard Hamilton is an unknown to me. I, I feel like Hamilton 
is not a good in-game coach. He recruits well. He gets the, the length, um, real good athleticism. They can't shoot very well. And Florida State is going to be a tough matchup for whoever they play, but they could lose to a lot of teams as well. So it's hard for me to take them on a futures price unless you're getting a really good number because I feel like Florida State is certainly capable of being upset. So as I look down through this, you know, North Carolina is not very good. North Carolina, you could make an argument for them in this. Um, I'm, I'm trying to see um, kind of as we're looking on the fly at this one, I think North Carolina draws a fairly favorable matchup at the bottom, to be honest with you. I mean, Notre Dame or Wake Forest, probably Notre Dame in that first game. Virginia Tech, not a very good three seed at this point. You know, this is not a full strength Virginia Tech team. So I would say Virginia Tech's a week three seed. So if you want to go against a, a week three your, your choices are you either take North Carolina or you take Florida State or someone else from that bottom of the bracket. I don't want to go against Virginia um, early on, you know, so Syracuse and NC State. I mean, we've seen Syracuse do stranger things than make a run here in March to, to be on the bubble or to be right at the edge of the bubble like, as they are every single year. Um, Georgia Tech, I don't trust that team very much. Um, I don't know. I mean, is there anybody at the top of the bracket? I'll ask you, Adam, is there anybody at the top of the bracket that you really care to take outside of a Virginia? I mean, Virginia is the favorite, so I don't want to take Virginia, but I can't find another team at the top that I want to take. Yeah, no, I can't either. I, you know, I look at this draw for Virginia, and, you know, we've kind of talked about this already. Neither one of us big fans of Clemson. Neither one of us fans of, of Brad Brownell there at Clemson. Georgia Tech, I mean, I don't, I don't know if this team is, is really all that good. I, I'm not sure. You know, I think Josh Pastor's done a pretty good job there, certainly. But I don't know if, if that team is, is one that I'd want to ride to win three games in three days. It looks like to me, and this is just not sexy. It doesn't make for great radio or anything like that. We're on a crash course for Virginia and Florida State here. I, I just, I don't really see this working out any other way. I do think Louisville as a seven seed in the bottom of the bracket is kind of interesting simply because they've got a very, very good head coach in Chris Mack. But it's not like they've played with any level of consistency here so far. So I just I look at this thing and it, and it looks chalky to me. And, you know, I just don't know if there's a whole lot of equity in, in betting either Florida State or Virginia at the prices that they're listed at. Yeah, you know, Louisville, I wish they would add Malik Williams, you know, with him getting the injury, he comes back just for a couple games and then gets injured. Uh, I wish they were full strength. You know, this is a Louisville team that I want to back because I like Chris Mack. You know, he's certainly a good coach. And I don't want to take Virginia at that price. And yet, you know, like I say, I look at that side of the bracket and I don't see anybody I really want to take uh, to the point about Clemson. You know, we've talked about Clemson and how bad they are away from home. Haslametrics, a really good website, has it in away from home rating. Um, they're 313th in that. So um, you, can, you can tell that Clemson has done really bad. They're obviously not at home here. So you're talking about neutral or road games in those cases. Clemson, not a team I'd want any part of, even as a single game bet. Uh, in fact, uh, I'll want to look to go against them there. Um, you know, we're going to have to take Georgia Tech, who I don't really trust, to go against them. But, you know, if they happen to get past that game, I, I would certainly like Virginia against them. Florida State, probably going to play against a team like North Carolina or Virginia Tech. I still think North Carolina has at least a chance to win a couple games here, maybe even three games and get to the final. It wouldn't shock me. You're not going to get any great value taking North Carolina because their name is North Carolina. So 
not any huge value here. Hopefully we see some uh, better ones coming up, Adam. Uh, on the plus side, North Carolina, if, if you money line rolled that over instead of the yeah. plus 450, I, that, that's going to get you to a better spot if yeah. you do like the Tar Heels here. Definitely. Money line rollover clearly going to be better than that because uh, they would be a, an underdog multiple times. Uh, you know, I don't know what they would be against Virginia Tech. I'd have to look. Um, but Florida State, obviously, they're going to be a significant underdog. And Florida State is a team that is still pretty highly thought of in the betting place, I would think, even after uh, their loss to Notre Dame. So a uh, Virginia Tech-North Carolina game, which technically, and I don't know how much would be built into this, but North Carolina essentially has some home court advantage. I will say also, Greensboro, the under is 31-25 and 25 in the last 56 games here. I don't think this is a great court for unders or anything. I mean, neutral courts in general are good for unders, but this is not some really strange shooting backdrop that's just great to be betting unders. I think North Carolina would probably be favored against Virginia Tech by maybe three points or so. Well, when we talk about good venues for unders, the Big East tournament at Madison Square Garden, and this is already a good under arena, but now you have no attendance for this. You've got friends and family, and that's it. You know, no public on sale for tickets for this. And, you know, it's probably going to make a a big cavernous arena seem even bigger and, and definitely more of a difficult shooting backdrop for these teams here in this conference tournament. As we look at the Big East, pulling these numbers here from, uh, I guess we'll pull them from DraftKings because that looks like the place that has them up. I don't know if they just haven't adjusted these in a while. And maybe by Monday morning when listeners, you know, predominantly hear this show, they may have been adjusted. But Creighton is your two to one favorite. UConn plus 235. Villanova plus 400 as the number one seed here in this tournament. Although without Gillespie, you certainly have to wonder about the Wildcats. Xavier plus 470 and everybody else 20 to one or higher here in this conference tournament where again you've got 11 teams here in this one so my starting point for something like that is kind of to look at a team like Providence getting that 6-11 game in the first round not super sold on UConn I know that they're ranked very well by places like Torvik who has the Huskies a top 20 team in the country but I don't know I I feel like there's got to be some value in this conference tournament right? Yeah, you know, I think it's uh, deserved for Villanova to be plus 400 or maybe even a bigger price than that because Moore got injured in their last game and they already had Gillespie injured. So Villanova is really hurting a lot right now. I, I think they could be without two of their top three players right away. This is not a terribly deep team to start with. Jay Wright's a really good coach. Villanova, it'd be pretty stunning to me if they won this uh, conference tournament. I think the Big East is pretty good. You know, um, this is not a wonderful conference by any means, but, you know, it's a good conference. And and I think this is a fun conference tournament. I will say Madison Square Garden is probably the best under arena in the country um, for college basketball. You could make an argument that Enterprise Arena in St. Louis is the Honda Center in Anaheim, which... Unfortunately, we're not going to talk about get to talk about that one because the Big West playing somewhere else, but um, other good ones. But Madison Square Garden is proven. And I wanted to point out to the listeners as well, if you don't want to take the full game unders, because sometimes you can get the foul fest first half unders at Madison Square Garden have been even better. Um, It's in the range of 63 or 64% here in these neutral site games at Madison Square Garden. So first half under is definitely a way to look if you don't want to play a full game under. I do think UConn is a good team. Um, I think UConn at the bottom of this bracket against a team like Creighton, 
Creighton concerns me. We've talked about them in the past. Um, Adam said himself that, you know, Creighton's a jump shooting team. This is a team that, that takes a lot of threes, uh, takes a lot of long twos as well, I believe. So I, I worry about having Creighton at the same time. They're, they're certainly uh, a very good team. Providence, they don't have the same defense they've had in past seasons. I want to take Providence. You know, I, I want to find a reason to back Ed Cooley here, but I mean, Providence, not very good look here at the end of the season. And I know that they beat Villanova, but they tried to give that game away. They did their best, but weren't quite able to, you know, at the top of the bracket, St. John's and Seton Hall play each other in the four or five game. And let's be honest, I feel like you might want to take one of those two teams, whoever you think is going to win that game would probably be a good one to take as a future or a money line rollover here because Villanova is a one seed uh, very banged up right now. So you probably want to decide if you like St. John's or Seton Hall. Um, you know, UConn, I wish they were, there were better prices on them because I don't think plus, you know, was it plus 235? Certainly not enough. You'd do a money line rollover over that. And then it's also interesting to me to see Xavier plus 470. Xavier has to play in the first round against a Butler team that's not great, but, you know, Butler has not been getting blown out every game or anything. So I think that's a, pretty poor price on Xavier. So if you want a long shot, you don't want to take Xavier on that uh, futures price. You'd want to take a money line rollover. Yeah. And and the thing about it here with this conference tournament is, you know, you sort of look at a team like St. John's in that 20 to one range and they have upside. I mean, they're not a consistent team at all. And and they are close to home here for this one, which is certainly, you know, a positive for them, at least in terms of, you know, being in the area and, you know, maybe sleeping in their own beds and, and all of that. But this is a team that has upside. I mean, this is a good offensive basketball team. They do have some star players that can kind of take these games over if they get that opportunity against Villanova. And something else I'm thinking about with Villanova here, too, is, man, I I don't remember when it was. I don't know if it was maybe two or three years ago, something like that. But, you know, they were firmly in the NCAA tournament. They knew it. They weren't really worried about their seeding, anything like that. I think they lost in the first game that they played in this conference tournament. They just sort of mailed it in because they already knew they were going to the big dance and, you know, didn't want to put anybody else at risk or anything like that. I'm curious to see how Jay Wright handles this situation because, you know, for him, you've got some incentive to go out there and play and and sort of figure out what's going to work for you, kind of find your adjustments on the fly. But on the other hand, you can also do that in practice prior to the NCAA tournament. So I'm curious to see how Jay Wright plays this, how invested, how engaged his team actually is. I don't think Georgetown or Marquette beats them. But like you said, I think in that four, the four five winner, St. John's and Seton Hall could very well win that semifinal game. Yeah, I I was trying to sit here and think while you were talking, uh, if Marquette would make any sense to take as an underdog. You know, honestly, I think uh, Georgetown... Georgetown's a young team. I think they'll be better in in future seasons. Marquette probably not been as good as some people thought they would be, but I think Marquette at least has a chance in that game against Villanova. So if you want to take Marquette uh, plus the price or take a money line rollover, I've seen worse bets. We've both seen far worse bets been made uh, many times. So I think Marquette at least has a chance. Uh, Seton Hall is a team that's really struggled down the stretch. St. John's has played some of their games here. So, I mean, they have a home court advantage. I think St. John's would be the one that I would look to if I had to take something from this bracket. But more than anything else, I'd look to take unders in this uh, conference tournament. 
All right, so we go to the Big West Conference Tournament here, and and this is one, as you mentioned, used to be stone-cold unders all over the place. This conference tournament was at the Honda Center in Anaheim, California. Now it is at the Michelob Ultra Arena, which is at Mandalay Bay on the Las Vegas Strip. So we lose that good under venue in the Honda Center. Now we go to a place that is a great unknown here. We don't even have any futures odds up for this conference tournament as of Sunday night when we're recording here. What we can tell you is that UCSB, the number one seed, UC Irvine, who beat UCSB twice back in late December, is the two seed, Riverside, the three, UC Davis, the four, Bakersfield, a team we've talked about before here on the show. They are the five seed, but they would run into UC Santa Barbara. So not really a great draw for Bakersfield here. You know, It'd be shocking if somebody outside the top three won this conference tournament. I, I can't imagine somebody other than UCSB, UC Irvine, or UC Riverside winning this. And it'd be surprising if it wasn't Santa Barbara or UC Irvine. You know, the thing that gives Santa Barbara a pretty big advantage is they don't have to play two games against really good teams, you know, because uh, UC Irvine, uh, Riverside's a tough matchup, or Riverside flipped would be a tough matchup as well. And then they'd have to get, win again in the championship. I feel like UCSB has a pretty easy path here. Long Beach State, not the team they were several years ago, certainly. Bakersfield's an interesting matchup. The problem with them is Stith is injured, their big man. Uh, so a team that wasn't terribly deep to start with and wasn't very tall, um, one of their best offensive rebounders is out. So to me, Bakersfield is limited a bit compared to what I would have wanted to see them coming into this tournament. I think uh, it's probably going to be chalk in this one. So it's hard for me to give too many thoughts. I wish we were still talking about the Honda Center. Adam, I'm hoping you're telling me that this is a one-year thing. I haven't looked into this, but I miss the Honda Center already. Yeah, I don't know if it's a one-year thing or not, but I I certainly understand uh, why you'd miss the Honda Center. Again, a stone-cold under venue, but For our listeners, keep that in mind because you've heard us talk about the Honda Center on previous conference tournament shows dating back to when this was Bang the Book Radio. This conference tournament is not there this year. It is in Las Vegas, so don't just go blindly betting the unders or anything like that because, frankly, we don't know how this venue will play at Mandalay Bay. So we move on from that one and we go to the conference tournament that Look, I think they've done this for three years now, and I'm still trying to wrap my head around how this Conference USA Conference Tournament is set up. This one is in Frisco, Texas, the Ford Center at the Star. This is the Dallas Cowboys practice facility. They play two games simultaneously in the first round, the second round, and the quarterfinals of this Conference USA Conference Tournament. So that makes things very, very strange, very, very unique to say the least. I'm not seeing odds for this one anywhere as of right now, as of the recording time on Sunday night. But Western Kentucky is the number one seed from the East Division. Louisiana Tech, number one from the West. Old Dominion and UAB, the number two seeds. Where I'm looking here, Kyle, and I don't know if this is the direction you're looking in as well. Both three seeds, Marshall and North Texas, I think, are the most dangerous teams in this conference tournament. Yeah, North Texas is who I like in this one the most. Uh, North Texas, to me, underachieved a bit in the regular season. They also have a really good coach in McCasland. You know, um, I think North Texas is a dangerous team. And the bottom of that bracket, nobody scares me all that much. You know, I don't think Louisiana Tech is a great team. 
I don't think Old Dominion's a great team. I think North Texas has a real chance of being in the finals here. So I like North Texas quite a bit. This is probably my favorite one we've talked about thus far. I feel like they have a pretty good matchup there in the first game against MTSU or FIU. And against Old Dominion, uh, at least a 50-50 chance of winning, better than 50-50 in my opinion. So uh, then you get to go up against a Louisiana Tech team that is kind of offensively challenged at times. They go through scoring droughts. At the top, I mean, the one concern with Marshall is they do take a lot of jump shots, but they're a lot better on defense than they were a few years ago. And I think UAB is overrated as a two seed there. So I think Marshall is a good look there because I don't think Rice or Southern Miss can beat uh, Marshall. So I, I think Marshall's a good look as well. I like North Texas the, the best here. And I think we should get a good price on this one. So I'm anxious to see what kind of number comes out here. I think I'll probably be on North Texas in some way. The concerning thing for North Texas is they've got to win four games in four days. I mean, right. you know, they kind of got the shaft being a three seed here. If they'd have been a two, they'd have only had to win three games in three days. But because they're a three, they play in that first round on Wednesday after the preliminary round games. Now, of course, on the flip side, you could say that, you know, with this unique venue and they set up like temporary stand, although there won't be uh, public tickets available for this, just friends and family again. Um, but they set up like temporary stands and they've got, you know, like the nets or screens or whatever between the two courts and all of that. It is still kind of a unique venue. I mean, they only got to play this in 2019 uh, because last year, of course, was canceled. So at least North Texas gets a chance to play on it. The one thing I will say about Marshall is we talked about a lot of those concerns. And I remember pretty yeah. vividly. There are a lot of things I don't remember, but we talked pretty <laughs> vividly going into 2019 about our concerns about Marshall in this kind of format, playing at the high tempo that they play at, taking a lot of jump shots and all that, they went out there and won this thing. So I don't know if 2019 has any bearing on 2021 necessarily, but at least, you know, that kind of eased some concerns, I guess I would say, with regards to Marshall. But again, it's tough winning four games in four days. Uh, And one other thing here about this conference tournament, and this is a really good illustration of what I talked about earlier with regards to the AAC, the quarterfinal games here on Thursday played at 5.30 and 6, and then 8.30 and 9. The semifinal games on Friday played at 11 a.m. and 2 p.m. Wow. So not much of a turnaround time for the teams going into the semifinals, which is where my concerns about North Texas and Marshall would really show up because they'd be effectively playing a third game in two and a half days. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I think that's a fair point, certainly. Um, it helps that they don't play against a great team. So, you know, even if they aren't at their very best, they still have a chance. But it's certainly a concern. And I was looking at it here as you were talking. The This, we talked about a couple of years ago, one of the things we did get right, Adam, you're right, we were we were kind of wrong on Marshall, right? So we're always uh, open about when when we're wrong about something. But one of the things that you said right away First of all, you know, why the hell would they do this setup, right? I mean, what, who's, whose idea was this? And this has to be good for the under. I see the, the under is 15 and 8 in the last 23, and it looks like a lot of the unders have come through by a lot. So, you know, when, whenever you see unders of 15 and 8, it's not a big sample, but if you see unders that are consistently going under by 20 points or more, it's probably a sign that something's an under venue. If you give me a game in a football stadium, with two teams playing beside each other and what's kind of a YMCA setup, uh, it has to be good for the under, right? 
Yeah, I would think so. I mean, it probably takes these kids back to playing AAU ball, you right. know, and, and look, I mean, maybe it, and the thing about it too was from what I remember, it's not like they really adjusted to it all that well, you know, like obviously Marshall certainly adjusted to it well, but you know, the, the kind of the more you play, you would think it would kind of become not second nature because it's still a, a very unique atmosphere and environment, but just, you know, it didn't feel like scoring increased as, as that first year in 2019 went along. So Definitely something to look at here. Unders in this tournament, but both of us like uh, North Texas and then Marshall kind of, you know, we'll see what the price looks like on a team like Marshall. Unfortunately, we don't have odds for this one, as I said, but still a very interesting format to say the least. We have to circle back to the bees for a minute because I realized that we oh, yeah. missed a conference. Right? <laughs> I, I knew you were going to take me back there because I know you love the big <laughs> sky conference here, uh, but this one in Boise, Idaho. This is the same venue that we've had. It just has a different name here uh, for this year. But the Big Sky Conference Tournament, this one starts on Wednesday night. We do actually have odds for this one from DraftKings. Eastern Washington, plus 175. They're the two seed, but the favorite in the tournament. Southern Utah, 2-1. to one. Weber State, plus 250. Montana, 10-1. to one. Montana State, 13-1. to one. And then on down from there. First and foremost, my apologies. For, for missing the Big Sky Conference tournament here. Yeah, we, we got to talk about Big Sky and then Big Ten if, if we have something with that. Oh, yeah, because, I guess so. <laughs> uh, they, they're just, they were just finishing the Big Ten games, to be fair, you know, as, as we were starting this. So the bracket, I don't, I don't even know that they've put out a bracket uh, media-wise. But, but uh, you know, Adam, the thing that I'm most upset about that we're doing this on Sunday night is that I'm missing the NBA All-Star game. I mean, this is – Sorry. Uh, no, I'm not. I'm really not upset about it. Um, my my son was upset he had to go to bed tonight without seeing any of the game, and I told him Daddy wasn't going to watch any of the game anyways. <laughs> so, um, no, but I, I think in this Big Sky Conference tournament, I think Eastern Washington's the best team here. Um, I'm concerned a bit that they have to play multiple tough games, and that's why I don't think plus 175 is good price on them. I, I would take them on a money line rollover. One thing I want to point out that I think is really important, Weber State is a team that could certainly win this, but Weber State just had to cancel their last game because of COVID, and there are quite a few rumors swirling about whether they're going to be able to play in this tournament. So I don't know exactly what they would do, but you definitely wouldn't mind having a team on the bottom um, that has pulled an upset or is going to be up against them. Because if it's anything like the Northern Iowa case, you know, Missouri state just got a pass to the next round. So I assume that's what would happen in this one as well. Southern Utah has the one seed. They're a good team. I don't think they're the best team in this conference. I would say Eastern Washington has the highest upside here. So I like Eastern Washington here. I'd like to bet on them and in game, uh, you know, straight bets from game to game here. And I think a money line rollover on Eastern Washington's a good way to go here. You know, it's, it's a really interesting thing. You, you bring up the Weber state thing and, and whether or not they'll be able to play and kind of how they'll shuffle the deck for this conference tournament, because you'd wind up with 10 teams. So the bracket wouldn't be all that difficult to put together, but if they don't alter the format, and I, I think they would have to, right. if they didn't alter the format, then Montana, who draws a very, very bad Idaho team in the first round, could really benefit from that. So I don't know. I'll, I'll be curious to see kind of what happens. And again, doing this on Sunday night, this conference tournament doesn't start till Wednesday. We may know something on Monday, certainly by Tuesday, I would think. But this is one where, you know, if Weber State all of a sudden falls off, 
Eastern Washington becomes an even bigger favorite here. And your Montana price is going to go down. It will not be 10 to 1. I bet it would probably go down to 8 to 1, maybe 750, something like that. So maybe grabbing a piece of Montana just because of the uncertainty here uh, isn't a bad way to look. Yeah, I mean, because the other thing is you don't have much risk of Montana losing in the first game. I mean, they're playing Idaho. They shouldn't lose in the first game. So if they do play Idaho in that first game, it's kind of a free first win. Uh, should be and then Montana would have a puncher's chance against a Weber State team that wasn't at full strength I mean so Montana would certainly have a chance to get through a couple rounds if Weber State does play if they don't you know Montana State in a better spot and certainly uh, we're not wishing anything on Weber State being out of this or anything like that it's just trying to analyze how this could fall out and you know this is one of those extra things they handicap in this COVID year. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, my apologies for skipping over the Big Ten as well. I uh, Look, it's it's been an interesting weekend and, you know, kind of having to adapt and adjust on the fly here with my computer deciding that tonight's the night it wants to take a shit. Um, you know, it's just a little bit scatterbrained here for tonight. So I do apologize for that. But the Big Ten conference tournament, maybe I didn't think about it because, you know, now there aren't really any odds up anywhere because, as you said, they just kind of wrapped up the regular season here. Uh, look few things we can talk about without you know having the odds some people would say that michigan is the best team in the country most would say that they're the unquestioned second best team in the country illinois very high upside iowa very high upside especially now that they're playing a little bit more defense than they did earlier on in the season purdue big home road splits you worry about that here uh in this neutral setting of indianapolis and in fact this conference tournament is played at lucas oil stadium in indianapolis which, as we know, the home of the Colts. I mean, this is a 70,000-seat building that is not going to have a lot of people in it. Yeah, clearly an undervenue here. Um, These are big teams. They're big-name teams, so I don't think this bothers them as much as if it was, you know, the Big Sky, the Big West, something like that. But, I mean, it's going to be very unique, and this is much bigger than anything they play in in the regular season as well. And, you know, there's going to be even less people than what they're used to. So... Um, the other thing about this one, I have to say, you know, both of us Ohio State guys, Ohio State faltered down the stre- stretch badly. And I did say a while back, I thought Ohio State was overrated. I, you know, it, when they were number four and, and talked about as a number one seed, I thought they would be one of the weakest number one seeds I've ever seen. Ohio State now is a five seed in the Big Ten conference tournament. And let's be fair, the Big Ten is great. They are a really good conference this year. Um, Holtman's a really good coach. Ohio State doesn't have as much talent as some of these other teams. I think Illinois has a lot of upside, really high upside. And they're a team that the, the second futures bet I made this year was Illinois to reach the final four at plus 400. So that and Loyola Chicago are the only two bets I have. Apparently I only want to bet on teams from the state of Illinois, but, um, you know, Ohio, Ohio State to me, not a team that's likely to be able to make a run in a, in a, tournament like this they might be able to win the first couple games because Purdue does have those big home road splits like you said Um, you know at the bottom of the bracket Wisconsin's not what they used to be you know I I don't know if Greg Gard is is uh, quite as good as what Bo Ryan was and now we're we're seeing Greg Gard's recruits not being quite as uh, good Uh, to be honest with you Penn State's a pretty good 11 seed you know let's, let's be honest Penn State just beat Maryland at Maryland tonight put Maryland squarely back on the bubble, I would say. Maryland's not a team I trust at all. 
think Michigan has a pretty favorable draw up at the top. I mean, neither one of us are big Michigan fans, certainly, but Michigan, they're pretty well set up to go to the to the finals in this one, aren't they? Yeah, I think so. You know, I, I mean, look, they probably run into the winner of Purdue-Ohio State in that semifinal game. And Purdue, like we talked about already, the big home road splits – and Ohio State, a team that takes a lot of mid-range jump shots, and and that scares me in a in a setting such as this. And it's something I've kind of looked at with Ohio State throughout the season. Anyway, they take them and they make them. More importantly, and if that regresses, and it certainly is a possibility, particularly in this one and done format, and as you said, not really playing that well down the stretch. Anyway, I don't think Michigan's the least bit concerned about the likely winner of that Purdue and Ohio State game. So I think Michigan does get to Sunday here in this one. And like you, I think Illinois is a team that has a lot of upside here, a lot of opportunity to make a run. Because again, when you talk about the venue and you bring the venue into question here, Iowa's got to win with offense. I know they're playing better defense now, but they've got to win with offense. And I think that they know that. And to be in this type of venue, I think is a really hard thing for you know trying to score a lot of points. One other thing I will mention here, Quarterfinal games, 11.30 and 2, 6.30 and 9. The semifinal games, 1 and 3.30. So another one of these cases here where in the semifinals, pretty quick turnaround for these teams. If you're getting a team trying to play a fourth game in four days, third game in three days, something like that, uh, you could see some dead legs there in the semis. Yeah, that, that would be a disadvantage for a team like Iowa. Iowa also with injury concerns, um, with Wieskamp getting injured in today's game. Uh, we definitely want to monitor that. Like you said, we're doing this on Sunday night. I'll try to tweet out some stuff uh, throughout the week as things kind of update to, to tell people kind of what my positions are on this because, you know, things will change a little bit and they would have changed even from Monday morning, to be honest. But, you know, I think Iowa is a team that I don't want to back here I also don't want to back them in the, in the NCAA tournament. I think they're a good team. I don't think their upside is quite as high as some people think. I think Illinois has a really high upside. So if we see an Illinois-Iowa game, I'll probably be on Illinois in that one. All right, so as I said, you know, I, I had to apologize, uh, a mea culpa, for not talking about the big sky. But on the plus side, we can take a second here. We can, we can kind of pause, collect ourselves, catch our breath, and be happy that Kyle Hunter does not have to talk about the Ivy league tournament this year. <laughs> That's true. That's true. It's uh, you don't look, I don't think the listeners want to hear me complain and moan about the Ivy league. So, I mean, it, we don't have to this year. I don't have to reluctantly say something about the Ivy league basketball. <laughs> so instead, uh, once we get to the MEAC, we can do that. Right. There you go. That sounds good <laughs> to me. All right. So before we get to the MEAC, let's go to the MAAC here, this conference tournament in New Jersey, in Atlantic City for the second year in a row at Boardwalk Hall. Uh, this tournament used to be what, in Albany, I believe at the Times Union Center. And correct me if I'm wrong, that was a very good under venue. Yeah, so is Boardwalk Hall, though. So both of them okay. have been really good under venues. All right, so we've got the MAAC here. And no odds for this one, which is remarkably frustrating because this conference tournament actually starts on Monday night with Canisius taking on Ryder in the 6-11 game. Tuesday, the 8-9 Quinnipiac and Iona, Fairfield and Manhattan in the 7-10 game. Then you get Siena and Monmouth playing the winners of those games on Wednesday. You get St. Peter's and Marist playing on Thursday. St. Peter's will play the winner of the 6-11 game on Monday. So if you win on Monday, you don't play again until Thursday. 
And then the semifinals Friday championship game coming up here on Saturday. So a little bit of an interesting format for this one where Siena, one of the teams you talked about as a positive aggression candidate on offense, the number one seed, Monmouth two, St. Peter's three, Marist four. As I said, no odds for this one here, but uh, certainly looks like Siena will be the favorite and probably a pretty clear one at that. I do see odds for this one at one place. Uh, most people won't have this one. Siena plus 295 favorite here. Monmouth plus 305. St. Peter's plus 430. Iona plus 525. Um, this this is one where, you know, to me, Siena is the best team here. The question is, Siena, did they get a very good draw? Because I think Iona is a pretty difficult matchup for their first game. You know, Iona has a pretty high upside um, they had a lot of issues with the COVID pause throughout the course of the season, but Iona is the fourth favorite here and Siena would have to play them in their first game, probably. So I don't think that's a great setup for them. St. Peter's, I have to tell you, Adam, St. Peter's, I've been waiting for St. Peter's positive regression all year and it just isn't happening. You know, they, they keep shooting terribly. Somehow they keep missing every shot right by the hoop. You know, it doesn't seem like you should be able to do that, but they've been able to do it. Um, I still think St. Peter's is probably better than their record would indicate and better than what they've looked throughout the course of the season. To me, you know, I hate to do it. St. Peter's is the team I would take from the bottom of this bracket if I had to take one. And as far as Siena, I think Siena still has the highest upside of any team from this. They're the team that I like the best here, but I don't love their, their spot in the bracket. I think we could get some good values on unders in this conference tournament because you see a lot of pace wars here. You have a Monmouth, a team like that, Iona, who play really fast. And then other teams like Manhattan, Fairfield, uh, St. Peter's, who really want to play slowly. I think if you get one of those slower-paced teams up against a fast-paced team and you're playing at Boardwalk Hall, which has been very good for the under, I think we could get some really good one-half, first-half, and uh, full-game unders here. Yeah, that is one of the global books that has odds for this. Thanks for pointing that out. I appreciate it. And yeah, you know, Sienna, that, that plus 295 price, I, I think is indicative of exactly what you said. The fact that they probably run into Iona in that quarterfinal game. And, you know, look, when it comes to conference tournaments, you want to have to win as few games as possible. You know, you're not going to be upset about getting a buy or a double buy or anything like that. But again, in just the second year of this venue for this conference tournament, I would argue that, you know, especially with the back-to-backs that we've already seen this year because of the altered schedule and all of that, that may give Iona a pretty good advantage in that quarterfinal game if they do advance to play Siena, a Siena team that won't have played on this floor, but Iona will have. I, I agree. I think they're at a disadvantage in that first game, and that's what scares me. So, you know, if you like Siena, you might want to wait and maybe just try to take them on a money line rollover if they win the first game. I know that sounds stupid, but you know, it does make some sense when you think about it because Iona is far better than the ninth best team in this conference. We all know that. So you really want to play them in the first game. I don't think anybody really would, you know, Iona is a a team that was, you know, second, third, fourth favorite in this conference. And they're the number nine seed. You don't want to play them in game one. So if Siena gets past that game, Uh, and has a game under their belt I I think they're the likely winner of this conference tournament but that first game could be dangerous well and again for our listeners here recording this on Sunday night I'm recording it on my wife's computer as opposed to mine Uh, you know we're adapting here on the fly with this show trying to cover 
as many of these conference tournaments as we can. Uh, but like I said, recording on Sunday night here. So some of these prices may have changed. Some of these may actually be posted at more sports books by the morning. But, you know, we're doing the best we can here with this show and trying to get all of this information out to you. So let's go to Mac Madness here in Cleveland, yes. Ohio. And this is a much different looking conference tournament than usual because usually everybody is in the conference tournament. The first games, the first round played at campus sites. Then the conference tournament moves to Cleveland. Well, because of COVID this year, all of the directional Michigan schools failed to qualify. They went four and 12, three and 11, three and 13, <laughs> and then Northern Illinois, two and 12. So only the top eight in the Mac here going to the conference tournament in Cleveland quarterfinals begin on Thursday, semifinals, Friday, championship game, Saturday night. There will be some fans in attendance. I think it's 25% capacity in the state of Ohio. So there will actually be some people that are not friends and family at this conference tournament here. And we do have odds for this one as well with Toledo plus 175 as the number one seed Buffalo plus 285 over at DraftKings, Akron plus 450, same price for Kent State, Bowling Green in Ohio 10 to 1, Ball State and Miami of Ohio 20 and 30 respectively. What are you thinking about this one? So I'm excited about this one. I, maybe it's because we're both from Ohio and you know we're in MAC territory, but this is a good conference tournament. I mean, if you look down the the list of these teams, just about everybody could win this. You know, I don't know that there's any team that you could really rule out. Miami, Ohio is probably a pretty weak seven seed. Uh, Ball State's not a great team, but they're good for an eight seed. Anybody could win this conference tournament. I like that a lot. When I look at these prices here, there's one team that stands out to me by quite a bit. Now, the only thing that is a negative to me is that they're playing against a team who's kind of has a home court advantage in the first game. It's Bowling Green. Bowling Green against Akron in that first game. Bowling Green was the number one team going into this season, the preseason favorite. They screwed around in the middle of the season, uh, lost, what, six or seven games in a row at one point. Bowling Green has a very high upside. And Bowling Green at that price, uh, what is it, plus 1,000? Yeah, plus 1,000. Bowling Green, that's a good price on Bowling Green. I, I would definitely take Bowling Green at that price. I think that this is a team in Bowling Green that could win this conference tournament. And, you know, to me they would be probably the second favorite in my, in my opinion, second or third favorite. And they're not priced anywhere like that. You know, Akron is plus 450. And in that game, Akron and Bowling Green in the first one, what's Akron going to be favored by two, maybe at tops, you know, one and a half or two, uh, you know, I'd consider betting Bowling Green in that one. The thing concerns me, like I said, is Akron does have a bit of a home court advantage. However, you would think Bowling Green would have a decent amount of people there. I mean, I don't, I don't know exactly how many people are going to be in the stands, but Bowling Green's not terribly far away either. So, you know, I think whoever wins that game has a decent chance of winning the second game, probably against Buffalo. So whoever wins that one, I think is in pretty good shape. Kent State's banged up, not at full strength. So a team that I'm not as likely to want to back here. Um, they also are pretty close to home as well. You know, at the top of the bracket, Toledo's been very good. Toledo's a jump shot um, oriented team. So I do worry about a team like that because, you know, if they're not making those threes and long twos, it could be trouble for them. A Bowling Green is a team I like quite a bit from this one. And, and I know that they could lose the first game pretty easily, but you give me plus a thousand, I have to take it. 
Yeah, plus a thousand in a game where they're what, you know, 45, 46% to win it based on right. the spread, you know, if, if not a little bit higher, depending on where this number goes and kind of what happens with the movement. So I think you're definitely on the right track there with Bowling Green. It is one that makes a lot of sense to me. And, and for the reasons that you outlined, Toledo, a team that takes a ton of threes, they're 28th in the nation, 45.2% of their field goal attempts are three pointers. Akron, they're 15th in the country. 47.6% of their field goal attempts coming from three. Those are two teams that if they have a bad shooting performance, it is curtains for them. And that certainly is a possibility here. Uh, you know, this is a basketball venue by trade. It's not a bad shooting backdrop at all or anything like that. But simply to say that teams like Toledo and Akron can be high variance because they take so many threes. If they shoot the lights out, then you know what? They probably wind up meeting in the championship game. But if they don't, then that does open the door for somebody else. When, you know, when I look at Buffalo, I kind of respect what Buffalo does here. They're a pretty quality defensive team, good offensive rebounding team. You know, they, they take a lot of shots at the rim. They don't take a lot of threes. In this format, they seem like kind of a safer play. But you're not getting a great price on Buffalo at plus 285. Maybe somebody else will open up something a little bit better on them. But as you said, whoever wins that 6-3 game is a tough matchup for Buffalo. There really are no easy games in this one. And that's why you do go price hunting. And that's why you did, I think, in my estimation, correctly land on Bowling Green. Yeah, Bowling Green's who I have to take here. You know, I think, um, like I said, there's any number of teams that could could uh, win this. You know, they, you've got eight teams in it. At least six of them could win it, certainly. Um, Akron has been a bit inconsistent away from home. They haven't played great. You could argue that they, you know, they have the home court advantage here to some degree, but you know, it's not playing at their exact home floor. And, you know, Akron has been inconsistent this year and I don't like the inconsistency they've shown. Certainly they could win the the tournament Toledo, like I said, jump shot heavy Kent state would have been a team that would have had a decent chance, but they have some injuries. Ohio's had a lot of COVID problems late in the season that's that's bothered them quite a bit so you know buffalo also doesn't have any of the home court advantage here compared to some of the others i would say so buffalo to me that price is not nearly good enough feel like buffalo you want to take the money line rollover all right so i don't know if there's a whole lot we can say about this one but the MEAC conference tournament yes. will be in nor <laughs> will be in norfolk virginia and this one starts here on thursday night and if odds are posted for this thing they will be posted thursday morning they will not be up for long and they probably won't get a whole lot of attention. But we can go ahead and talk about this one for a couple of minutes here. Coppin State, the number one seed for the Northern Division. North Carolina A&T, the number one seed for the Southern Division. A&T only playing eight conference games here. Coppin State, Norfolk State playing 12. Same thing with Morgan State and Florida A&M. Then NC Central, just three and five in conference play here. They only played eight games as well. Uh, the floor is yours. Whatever you want to say about the, this thing, I'm just going to nod my head and move on. Well, I, I just want to give a very simplistic way of handicapping this, and it, it sounds silly, but when is Lavelle Moten's team going to lose in this conference tournament? You know, NC Central wins this thing every single year. So until they lose it, you know, this is their tournament to lose. Every single year they go into this and they look like they have quite a few issues. They come out of this as the team that goes to the NCAA tournament. So until they lose this one, that's my default answer for who I think is going to go through this. They haven't played that well. They've had a lot of COVID pauses. 
but they have played here the last couple of weeks. So they don't go into this one, you know, uh, after a long break, I certainly think they have a chance in something like this. The problem for them is, uh, you know, they play a pretty good team right away. You know, Norfolk state's a good team. So uh, not a great spot for them, but, you know, if you get a really good price on NC central, that's, that's where I'd put my money here. Cause Moten's a really good coach. Look back year by year. I, I don't even see the last year they didn't make it, you know, the, the last few years they've won it every single year. Obviously last year, there wasn't an NCAA tournament, but going back to 19, they were in it. They, they get in as that uh, play in game in the 16 as a 16 seed also the year before the year before. So, um, you know, this, this is since 2017. So 17, 18, 19, they won it three years in a row and they weren't terribly good in some of those seasons. And I, to me, this NC central team is the team I would look at. Having said that Coppin state, a team I want to mention just really quick, they run as fast as they can really, really fast tempo, very poor shooting team. They want to force a lot of turnovers. So this is not um, going to be, the same type of basketball played in it that you'd see in some of the other conferences. A lot of these teams are going to play really fast, but they're going to be inefficient and look to force a lot of turnovers. I don't have any great handicap other than the fact that Lavelle Moten seems to win this tournament every single year. Yeah. 2015 and 2016 Hampton won it, but they're not even in the MEAC anymore. So uh, NC central, I mean, look, maybe they put it all together here again. I don't know, but like I said, uh, no odds for this one. And uh, who knows if they'll even get posted here. Here's a very good conference tournament, the Mountain West Conference Tournament. Of course, this one at UNLV, the Thomas and Mack Center in Las Vegas. San Diego State is your number one seed. Utah State, the two. Colorado State, the three. Boise, the four. Nevada, a lot of people like Nevada, calling them a dangerous team. And the thing for Nevada is they don't have to play in that first round. 11 teams in this conference tournament. 6 through 11 play in the first round on Wednesday. Nevada will play Boise State here on Thursday. Uh, when you look at the odds for this one, and again, we do actually have odds for this conference tournament. Looking over at FanDuel, San Diego State, the favorite, plus 125. Utah State, plus 260. Boise and Colorado State, 4-1. to one. Nevada, 18-1. to one. That's probably going to be a pretty juicy price for some people out there. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, Nevada to be 18 to one in a game against Boise where, I mean, Boise is going to be favored, but they're not going to be that big of a favorite against Nevada. Nevada is a team that has played well at the end of the season. Um, I think Boise is favored by three and a half, four points, something like that. So to see that kind of difference in a price is pretty surprising to me, certainly. Um, as far as teams here that I, I like, I like Utah State. You know, they don't have a great price here. I like their defense a lot. Craig Smith's a really good coach. Colorado State's also an interesting team to me too, though. Uh, Nico Medved, I think, is an excellent coach. And in fact, if you've just been betting Nico Medved ATS every single game since he's been at Furman all the way through now, you've made a lot of money. You know, he's he's a moneymaker, and I think he'll probably continue to do so. Um, it, it, and this one... You know, the bottom of the bracket looks pretty tough to me, but so does the top. Uh, to be honest, the Mountain West is pretty good. You know, the, there's no real easy game except for San Diego State in that first one playing against Wyoming or San Jose State. San Diego State is a deserving number one seed, certainly a good team, very good defensively, improved offensively from what they have been in past seasons. 
I don't know. I don't know that I'm going to bet this one, but it's one that I want to watch. And something that's interesting too is this conference tournament, there's always something weird that happens. There's always some sort of big upset, you know, in the quarterfinals or something like that. Or, you know, San Diego State is a team that almost always seems to find their way into the finals for this thing. This year, of course, they're the number one seed. But if I remember correctly, they've gotten to the finals as like a six seed recently. They've gotten there as a five seed in this conference tournament. Something strange always happens here. And I don't know why, and I don't know what it's going to be in this particular conference tournament. Maybe chalk holds up in this one and all the top seeds move on and you get, you know, one, two, three, and four in the semifinals. I don't know. But like you said, I just, I don't see any great betting value here. Again, I think Nevada at 18 to one simply because of the situation they'll be in against Boise state. But I mean, can you do better than 18 to one with a money line rollover with them playing Boise, San Diego state, and then being a dog to either Utah state or Colorado state? I think it'd be close, wouldn't it? I mean, it'd be pretty close in that instance. I guess the best way for us to describe that one is why would you take Boise plus 400? I mean, that's right. a terrible number. There's no way you'd take Boise plus 400. The money line roller would be more than twice that probably. So um, Nevada, I think it'd be pretty close because n- nobody's going to be a big favorite over them except for San Diego State. Um, obviously, that's the second game they'd play probably. But, you know, I mean – what would a San Diego State and Nevada line look like? I mean, I would say San Diego State uh, in the range of seven and a half point favorite, seven, seven and a half points, something like that. So um, in a game that would have a, you know, somewhat low total. I think that there is some variance there to where Nevada could win a game like that. I am a bit skeptical as to whether Nevada can win multiple games like that in a row. I think it's a good price on Nevada. I just don't know if they can win that many games in a row away from home against teams who are very good defensively. You know, Boise's pretty good on defense. San Diego State's really good on defense. And if they played Utah State in the final game, that'd be another huge challenge. So I don't think Nevada will win this one, but I think that is a good price on them. I guess the last question here is, you know, some of these teams are already in the field. Some of them are are kind of on the bubble. Some of these teams do certainly have more incentive here to go out and, and, you know, take this automatic bid as opposed to leaving it up to the selection committee or or something like that. So that's always kind of interesting, especially in these mid-major conferences where it's not just one bid up for grabs. You know, there are already a couple of teams that are definitely in the field and you could get, you know, maybe as many as four if Nevada doesn't find a way to win this conference tournament into the NCAA tournament. So that's always interesting to me too, the, the heightened sense of urgency to just go ahead and take it out of the hands of the committee. Yeah, I think it's weird um, that why did they decide to schedule these games to go back in and, and play play late in the season, these makeup games, and then the Mountain West really put themselves in a bad spot because uh, you see Boise go out and lose to, was it Fresno? I think it was Fresno that they lost to at home there. Um, I mean, Boise probably played their way out of the bracket unless they win – um, at least one game here, right? We've got three teams, I would say, are on the bubble. Uh, I don't think either one of us are exactly, you know, bracketologists per se, but, you know, we're more into the sports betting side of things. But Colorado State, Utah State, and Boise State, probably all three on the bubble here. Um, I would assume Nevada's not not even that close to on the bubble. They'd have to win quite a bit. 
and then you know San Diego State's in. So you have a few teams that have a lot to prove here, and then several teams that you know would just have to win it. All right, so let's stay in Las Vegas here, and let's go to the Pac-12 conference tournament where Oregon is your number one seed, USC two, Colorado three, UCLA the four. Only 11 of the 12 teams from the Pac-12 in this conference tournament, Arizona, self-imposed postseason ban. They will not be on hand for this one here uh, at T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas. Interesting to look at the odds here from FanDuel, where USC is the 2-1 to favorite, Colorado plus 220, Oregon plus 310, UCLA 5-1, to Stanford 15, Utah 20, and then on down from there. You surprised to see Oregon lined here at FanDuel as the third favorite, despite being the number one seed in this conference tournament? Yeah, Adam, you already know who I like in this one. I mean, I, I haven't told you, but you know, I like Oregon. Uh, wa- oh, I thought you were going to say Washington. <laughs> right, right, yeah. No, I mean, uh, Dana Altman's team in a conference tournament, Altman has been great at the end of this season. In conference tournaments, they've been very good. Uh, I don't know why they would be plus 310 behind a Colorado team that hasn't been able to win anything away from home. You know, that doesn't make any sense to me. Colorado has a great home court advantage. Unfortunately, they're not playing at home here. So I think USC makes sense to me uh, to be pretty highly thought of. They certainly have high-level talent. USC is the most talented team in this conference, I think. They're not consistent, though. And Oregon, I don't hate their draw. I mean, you know, they play Arizona State or Washington State in the first game. Fairly easy game. And then UCLA would be their likely opponent in the second game. I think they match up pretty well against UCLA as well. And then, you know, maybe USC in the final game. If you go to the bottom of the bracket, I want to try to find somebody to take against Colorado because Colorado has been so good on the, so good at home and so bad on the road. I mean, Adam, uh, how do you take Stanford or Cal? I mean, I don't, I don't know how you do it. I can't do it. Um, I guess that makes, you could make a case for the fact that USC could have some value even if you did a money line rollover, I think it'd be better than plus two to one. So uh, maybe USC having a pretty good chance of getting to the final game here, but Andy Enfield's team has not exactly been that good, you know, in, in these types of situations, you know, to me, Pac-12, you know, there are some really good coaches, coaches in this conference. And there are some others who have, have been a bit, um, inconsistent you know or, or not lived up to expectations Enfield still has quite a bit to prove and I don't know that I trust him that much so I think of them as this big of a favorite is is a, a not very fair price uh, because I think that uh, Oregon has proven time and time again that once they get healthy you know they they can be pretty good you know they play good at the end of the season and you know as we're talking i believe oregon's playing a game right now so i'm i'm just kind of thinking watch you know adam we're probably talking really good about oregon okay they won 80 to 67 over oregon state i was just thinking adam that we're probably talking good about oregon they probably just lost oregon state or something you know but but uh no oregon to me rounding into form at the end of the season altman the best coach in this conference I i don't think anybody could really think much different as far as in-game coaching getting his team ready for a game i like oregon plus that price certainly well and i think the thing about oregon here too is maybe these odds for this conference tournament showcase how much of a slave the the books are to ken palm and torvik because when you look at oregon 
I mean, look, just looking at Torvik, for example, Oregon, going into tonight's game against Oregon State, maybe they'll move up a couple of spots from that performance. They were 54th in Torvik's rankings because this is a team that was not healthy really until the last couple of weeks of the season here. You know, they were missing guys. Guys were in and out, all that kind of thing. They couldn't really gel very much. You know, their first game against Oregon State where they did lose uh, that game at home, you know, they had like three key guys missing from that game. And you saw what they did tonight you know, with everybody healthy out there on the road in Corvallis. So you know, when I look at Oregon, I think that that's exactly what this is, is that their metric profile so far is not indicative of this team at full strength. And I think that's kind of why we're seeing this price sort of lag behind a little bit with FanDuel showing that plus 310. Yeah, I think so as well. I think that's a good point because if you get Oregon to the final game and they play USC or Colorado, Oregon's not going to be a big underdog there. In fact, would Oregon even be an underdog against Colorado? I wouldn't think so. I don't know why they would be, you know, so um, Oregon against USC, maybe, you know, plus one, one and a half, something like that. So you take the number one seed who has a pretty easy game in their first game, give me plus 310 versus teams with questions at plus 200 plus what was it 220 something like that for for uh colorado plus 220 yeah i i think colorado plus 220 is a terrible number so if you like colorado uh more power to you maybe they win the conference tournament but not plus 220 you don't want that you want the money line roller if you like them but for me i like oregon here well and again as i've said already recording this on sunday night maybe some of these odds get updated you know the brackets are, are officially you know, written in pen instead of pencil and, and all that kind of thing. But, you know, I don't know. Maybe these books are just kind of asleep at the wheel because maybe people aren't betting these things so they don't have any reason to pay attention to them right now. Maybe you can find some good values here. And, um, you know, again, hopefully these things don't change too much by Monday morning. If they do, I apologize. But you'll want to make sure we covered as much ground as we could here with these conference tournaments. Let's head to Nashville from one of my favorite cities of Las Vegas to another one of my favorites here of Nashville. Bridgestone Arena for the SEC Conference Tournament. This one is also lined at FanDuel. Again, these prices as of Sunday night. Alabama, your favorite, plus 240. Arkansas, 3-1. Tennessee, 5-1. Florida, 6. LSU, 7. Missouri, 10. Kentucky, 15. And then pretty much everybody else out there uh, in this conference tournament. And I think that you know it's pretty interesting to look at Kentucky having a lower price than teams like Ole Miss, um, just because Kentucky draws that eight, nine game against Mississippi state and then runs into Alabama right away in the quarterfinal. Yeah, this is an interesting one. You know, this is a venue that's good for unders. We'll start with that. So uh, Bridgestone arena, very good for unders. It's not quite as big of a under arena to me when it's a major conference like the sec as it was when it was the OVC or something like that, but still one where I'd rather take the under than I would the over and Kentucky has played pretty well of late. So I, I think it kind of makes sense. I, I, like you said, they do have to play the 8-9 game. Uh, but Alabama in the second game, I mean, that's a pretty tough matchup. Alabama's played pretty well. So, you know, I don't I don't know where to go with this one. I'm kind of hoping that you, you have some strong opinion here, Adam. But the other thing I was thinking about, which this is for a future show, when you said – Vegas and then uh, Nashville, two of your favorite cities. One of these times I'm going to ask you, which is your favorite city to visit between those two and why? And that's going to be a discussion on something. Cause I've, you know, I feel like they're, 
some of your favorites for different reasons, right? So uh, that we'll have to break that down on a different day. But, you know, I agree with you, both uh, good places to visit, certainly. I'll say that in this one, Nashville, um, to me, you have quite a few teams in this uh, conference tournament that, honestly, they could win it, but they're pretty flawed teams, you know, can we can we take a minute, Adam? Is it okay if we take a minute to to bash Rick Barnes? Yes, that's always okay. It's always fine on my show. Right. We can always do that. Right, okay, yeah, I appreciate that. I, I, you know, <laughs> Barnes at the end of the season is a pure fade, and if Tennessee goes and wins this conference tournament, so be it. I don't think they will. If they get in the NCAA tournament, they won't win it. You know, don't don't pencil them in very far because. Until he proves otherwise, Barnes is a straight fade at the end of the season. I know they won against Florida here today. Florida was without a key player in that game, took a big lead. Tennessee comes back and wins at home. You know, congratulations. That's great. Now Tennessee, the four seed here. Tennessee is a team that I don't want to bet. I don't want any part of betting them. I'd bet against them or I'd stay away from that game. And I, I still think that they're just a good fade here the rest of the way. You know, Arkansas is an interesting team to me at the bottom of the bracket. I think Arkansas uh, matches up pretty well against the teams that they would be against, whether it be Missouri, even LSU. I don't like LSU's profile very much because they're so reliant on jump shots and offensive rebounds. If they get a team who plays uh, good defense and can get defensive boards, I think LSU is really in trouble. So I don't like LSU too much in a conference tournament like this. You know, I'm trying to look to find a, a team that I that I like a lot. Like I said, I'm hoping Adam saves me with coming up with some great under-the-radar team. But I, I don't think I'm going to be betting this one, to be honest with you. So um, maybe we'll just fade Rick Barnes. But what do you think about this one, Adam? Yeah, I, I'm always in favor of fading Rick Barnes. I'm, I'm definitely on board with that idea. One team I guess I could take a look at here, and you'll get their futures price, and it's 25 to 1. But Ole Miss yeah. draws a pretty marginal South Carolina team in the second round. And then LSU, who you mentioned already. And, and LSU is a team that, you know, I mean, look, they're, they're kind of a poor man's Iowa in, in that it's all about the offense for them. There's just not much semblance of defense played by the Tigers. And and I think a team like Ole Miss, who does play really good defense, you know, if it's a bad shooting performance kind of day for LSU, then Ole Miss can very well get themselves into the semifinal. And if you've got a 25 to one live in the semifinal, that's a pretty instant hedging opportunity, probably against Arkansas, a team that should win that game uh, over Ole Miss. But I, I'm not really looking for much out of LSU here uh, in this conference tournament. So I feel like maybe you attack them by taking a piece of Ole Miss and, you'll probably find better than 25 to one out there. Uh, you know, as more of these books open this up as well, but I guess that's kind of the way that I would look when realistically speaking, as you mentioned, all these teams are flawed, but the least flawed are Alabama and Arkansas. And that's probably your final game here. But if you get Ole Miss into the semifinals at 25 to one, I, I think that's a job well done. And, and you go ahead and head yourself out of that one. Yeah. You know, I knew you'd come up with one and I have to say, as you say that, you know, I think that does make sense. Um, Ole Miss playing a South Carolina team that's been a big disappointment this year and then playing an LSU team that um, while they'll have the advantage on the boards against Ole Miss, Ole Miss can turn you over and Ole Miss is a good defensive team. 
they would have a puncher's chance in a game like that, certainly. So I, I think Ole Miss, that price is a decent one. And like you said, you know, we're going to have a few days for, for lines to come out. I think you'll probably get a better price than that one. Ole Miss is a team that could end up in the semifinals. It probably wouldn't go any farther than that. But I think um, if you're looking for a money line rollover or a, a good futures price to try to hedge out of, I think that's probably a good way to look. And, and I don't think we've fully seen it yet. But I think Kermit Davis is a pretty damn good head coach, too. I agree. And, and that's something that matters here in a conference tournament format where you don't have three, four days of film study to kind of look at your next opponent and all of that. You've got, you know, 12 hours, you know, <laughs> in terms of sleeping and, you know, making sure your team is all together and all of that. You have such a quick turnaround here that I think maybe a guy like Kermit Davis uh, could shine in that type of role here, uh, taking on an LSU team that I don't think Ole Miss matches up that poorly against. So, Maybe that's kind of the way you look at it, but you know, like I said, I think ultimately we wind up seeing Alabama and Arkansas and, you know, maybe the best team win in that one. Let's go to the Southland Conference here. Uh, this conference tournament begins on Tuesday night with Southeastern Louisiana, McNeese State, Incarnate Word, and Houston Baptist. The winner of those games plays immediately the next day against five-seed New Orleans and six-seed Lamar. Nichols is the number one here. Abilene Christian two, Sam Houston State three, Stephen F. Austin taking their postseason ban this year. So they will not be in this conference tournament. Again, we don't have odds for this one, which isn't really a big surprise. But without Stephen F. Austin, uh, going to be pretty interesting to see who actually takes this one down. Yeah, you know, there are a lot of weak teams at the bottom of this conference. Um, It's a conference that I paid more attention to this year than I have in the past. It feels like McNeese State is a team that's been due for some regression for a long time. It hasn't really came. They have had a couple good games where they played well. McNeese is a better team than the nine seed in this conference tournament. There's no doubt they have a higher upside than that. So maybe you just want to take McNeese, try to see if they can win you a couple games, maybe even three games. Wouldn't be stunning. You know, I think McNeese has a possibility of doing that. Same time, they've been inconsistent enough that they could lose the first game and it wouldn't be stunning either. I think it's interesting that Lamar is the sixth seed and gets past the first round when, I mean, I think they had lost, what, 10 games in a row at one point or something. And now they win the last three or four games or something like that and come in and, and get a bye through the first round at least. Um it's hard to believe, you know, I mean, Stephen F. Austin probably would have been the favorite if they got in this tournament. Abilene Christian, I assume, will be the favorite now. The thing about Abilene is they have to play Sam Houston State, who's clearly the third best team in this conference, if you think if you think Nichols is second. Um, Sam Houston State, Nichols, and Abilene would be the top three here. So Abilene would have to play Sam Houston and Nichols State. So not a very easy path for them. So Adam, I'm honestly pretty curious to see what the odds do look like here because I think Abilene would be the favorite normally, but they have to play two tough teams instead of one. So I don't know. I'm I'm curious to see what kind of price we would get on Nichols because they have a bye to the semis and then they have an easier path. Yeah, I think Nichols would, would be the way that you would look from a future standpoint because they only have to win one game and they only have to beat either Northwestern State or the team that advances to that game against Northwestern State. And as you said, there's a massive, very significant drop-off after you get past the top three teams in this conference and really the top four, uh, you know, if Stephen F. Austin was in the field. So, yeah, I think for Nichols, I mean, you can almost kind of punch their ticket to the finals and just sort of, 
you know, kind of weigh, okay, what's that Nichols line against Abilene Christian? What's that Nichols line against Sam Houston State? And does the futures price look palatable, uh, you know, once this one comes out? And again, this conference tournament starts on Tuesday. So if odds are going to be posted for it, uh, you should see them Tuesday morning, I would think. Yeah, and this one's played at, um, is this Katy, Texas? Katie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I don't know that Nichols is at a huge disadvantage. I don't know what kind of attendance they have for this one. I don't I don't assume it would be very many. There wouldn't be too many in attendance anyways. And, you know, I, I like the Southland Conference, so is, that isn't meant as a knock. But um, Nichols against Sam Houston in, in a neutral, and the final game would be Sam Houston would probably be favored by a point something like that. Um, Nichols against uh, Abilene Christian. Abilene would be favored by more than that. I think Abilene would be favored by six points, five and a half points. So uh, keep that in mind when you're, when you're thinking about what you want to do with the future here, because Nichols is likely to be in the final game and they'll probably play against Abilene and be a fairly significant underdog. So um while I think Nichols is in the final game here, you do want to get a good enough price if you take a future. We've only got two conference tournaments left to go, and uh, they are conferences that most people don't really look too deep into. The SWAC, this one will be played in Birmingham at Bartow Arena, which I believe uh, is the home venue for UAB in Conference USA. Prairie View A&M, 13-0 in conference play. They're your number one seed, Jackson State, Went 11-0, but because Prairie View had more wins, they're the number one seed. Jackson is two. Texas Southern, the three seed here, Grambling, the four. Southern Alcorn State, Arkansas Pine Bluff, and Mississippi Valley State round this one out. No odds for this one. It starts on Wednesday night. Maybe you see something pop up Wednesday morning. You probably don't, but if we do, any thoughts on this one? Not... um... I don't have a lot of thoughts for this one. I do think the Prairie View is a really well-coached team. You know, they've consistently played very well year after year here. I think Byron Smith has done a really good job there. This is a team in uh, Prairie View that forces a lot of turnovers, doesn't turn it over as much as some of the other teams in that league. They also pass it well, a high assist rate. So Prairie View A&M, likely the favorite, deserving favorite. Texas Southern, a dangerous team as a three seed. I think Texas Southern and Jackson State would be a good game in the 2-3, where Prairie View, it's hard to see somebody else beating them up there. I mean, Mississippi Valley State's not going to beat them. And, uh, you know, we don't like to say things like that too easily, but that'd be a massive upset if that happened. Mississippi Valley State, the worst team in the country. Prairie View A&M, so they're into the semifinals, probably play against uh, maybe Southern in that game. Grambling has not been very good. Prairie View would be a significant favorite in the semifinals as well. So I think Prairie View has an easy path to the championship game. I like them if you can get a good enough price. Um, I, you know, this is not a conference that I know terribly well compared to some of the others, but uh, I know that this is a conference where I would expect unders to do pretty well in this conference tournament as well, because these teams don't take a lot of high quality shots and they turn the ball over a lot. So you could see some games that are pretty fast that are still pretty low scoring. All right. Last one. We've done it. We've made it to the end here. And, uh, you know, thank you for the flexibility for doing this on Sunday night. And you know, thanks for bearing with me while my computer decided it was a good night to hate me. The whack is the last conference tournament here. This one at Orleans arena, once again, in Las Vegas, technically paradise, Nevada, but you get the idea. Only six teams 
in this conference tournament here. Grand Canyon, the number one seed, Utah Valley two, New Mexico State three. Cal Baptist is the four seed who's in the WAC tournament, but they cannot compete in the NCAA tournament if they win this. They have to wait two more years with that transitional period. The WAC board of directors said, yeah, go ahead, play the conference tournament. That's cool. But, you know, if you win it, hey, congratulations, but you don't get to play in the field of 68. Seattle and UT Rio Grande Valley at the bottom, and you certainly wonder about Rio Grande Valley after the tragic passing of their head coach, Lou Hill, and just, you know, not really seeming invested, engaged, anything like that uh, at the tail end of the season here. But again, only six teams, automatic bye to the semis for Grand Canyon and Utah Valley, who will play on Friday, quarterfinals here on Wednesday, not going to be a you know smorgasbord of odds out there for this one either but any thoughts from you to finish this up well i don't think it comes as any big surprise but i like new mexico state here new mexico state look maybe this is a a topic that's you know a difficult one to get into but new mexico state has had a really tough season and they've been moved around all kinds of different ways they're far better than their record no doubt New Mexico State is the most talented team in this conference. So you give me a three seed. I'm hoping they're disrespected by the odds makers. I'm hoping. I, I don't think they will be. But hopefully uh, not too many people are listening to this to where I'm going to say I think New Mexico State has a great, great chance to uh, uh, go through this tournament and win it. I, I mean, I want people to listen to it. Adam, don't take that the wrong way. <laughs> um I don't. I hope the odds makers aren't listening to this. We'll say that we want the uh, betters to listen to it, but not the odds makers. But uh, New Mexico State, I think they still have a really high upside. They've been inconsistent this year, but I mean, this has been a kind of a written off season for them. But they can still get to the big dance, and all they have to do is win three games. And we talked about it earlier, Adam. You know, the fact that they're going to play the night before against Rio Grande Valley, a game in which they should win and then play Utah Valley, I think you could argue it's an advantage for them to have played the night before um, versus uh, Utah Valley having that game off. I think that helps New Mexico State, at least for the first half of that game. New Mexico State would be favored in that game against Utah Valley. Grand Canyon at the top of the bracket is a quality team. I think Drew has done a good job with that team. I think it's going to be New Mexico State and Grand Canyon here in the final game. So I like New Mexico State here. Hopefully we get a good enough price. You know, I, I've made a little bit of money on Utah Valley this season. They, they take a lot of high percentage shots. When you look at Haslam metrics and look at their proximity, when you look at their, you know, uh, near proximity, attempt percentage, all that kind of thing, Utah Valley takes a lot of high percentage shots. They get to the rim very, very well. They're not a bad defensive team either. So I've made some money on Utah Valley here across the 13 games that they've played. I've had a few good spots to back them, back them twice, in fact, against Rio Grande Valley when, when the Vaqueros were playing at altitude, uh, coming off of, you know, they had played a, a lower division team, but they were coming off of a pretty long pause. With that being said, Utah Valley would have to beat New Mexico State and Grand Canyon, and that's a very hard thing to do. Now, I think the price might not be bad on the Wolverines, and certainly a Moneyline rollover might not be a bad idea either, but it is very tough to have to win those two games. Really, to me, there are two ways you can look at this. One is New Mexico State for the reasons you outlined. The second is because Grand Canyon is not losing to Cal Baptist or Seattle in that semifinal game, I wouldn't think. So they're automatically in the final. So 
know, to me, what does that Grand Canyon, New Mexico state line look like? That's a question I would pose to you, but you know, again, with only six teams, not a great spread across the odds, really three teams that have no shot in hell of winning this thing. I don't know if we're going to find a whole lot of futures value in it. Yeah. I think New Mexico state would be favored against um, Utah Valley by maybe three and a half or four points. And I think New Mexico state grand Canyon is close to a pick them. Maybe grand Canyon's favored by a point max. Uh, I can't, I can't see grand Canyon being favored by too much there, especially if New Mexico state played well and won two games in a row before that. So um you know, I think that Utah Valley has been a well-coached team. Matson's done a good job with them. I just think that this is a tough bracket for them because they face the team that was the easy favorite, a big favorite in this conference tournament as a three seed right away. They just got to play the night before. And then Grand Canyon's clearly a good team as well. And Bryce Drew's done a really good job with them. So uh, I think Utah Valley's in a tough spot here. At the same time, they are a team that's improving, certainly, of course. Well, I think we got them all, right? We hit all of them. I think so. I was I was trying to look back as we were talking just a minute ago to make sure we didn't miss any more. I, I, I don't think we missed any more. I think that's it. We talked about we, a lot of games here today. I think we did it. Yeah, we covered a lot of ground. I think we did it in well, under an hour and a half. I know that. So uh, that's definitely something nice. But you're going to get something nice over at huntersportspicks.com as well with Kyle Hunter, professional better and handicapper over there. What do you got going on over there right now, man? Um, before I say that, we did talk about West Coast last time, or did we not? <laughs> uh, I, You know, I, we weren't able to – we couldn't get a show together late in the week last week, so we missed Colonial Summit and West Coast, I think. Okay. Okay. Let, let me just say real quick that Gonzaga is like minus 1000. I see some places minus 700. You could argue that's not a terrible bet, but at the same time, does Gonzaga have to win those games? So I don't know. Uh, West coast is an interesting one. Um, you know, we, we got to talk about a lot of conferences today and I, I like that. You, I can tell that I'm not a real big sales guy. Cause I'd rather talk more about games than I would pitch something about my website, but uh, huntersportsfix.com. I've got my, uh, early access March Madness pass up for 275 bucks. I know several have taken advantage of that. If you mention ATS radio, uh, 250 for that instead of 275. So uh, you can reach out to me, Kyle Hunter, sportspicks.com or at Kyle Hunter picks on Twitter. And thanks to everybody who's listened. I know that this is usually a popular show and Adam and I really enjoy doing this one as well. Yeah, we absolutely do. And uh, along with closing up the college basketball season, you're a very good MLB handicapper as well. So I'm sure you've got some packages coming up about baseball also. I have been a good MLB handicapper. And I have to tell you that I'm going to give you another plug for your betting guide. I've already been reading some of it. I've been using the MLB guide as a break from my college basketball here of late. And I find myself wanting to dig into the MLB a little bit more. And uh, Adam's betting guide is just tremendous. So anybody that hasn't already looked at that, uh, you got to do so before the season comes around. That's also very helpful, not just for betting in the regular season, but if you want to bet MLB win totals, Adam's guide is extremely helpful when it comes to that. Thank you so much, man. I will get the check in the mail first thing tomorrow morning. Thank you for the plug. I appreciate the advertising. Uh, but no, man, I appreciate that a lot. And yeah, I'm very proud of the MLB betting guide. I'm very excited for the upcoming start of the Major League Baseball season here. And very excited for this week of conference tournaments. And of course, March Madness as well, which you and I will be able to talk about on next Monday's show. But Kyle, appreciate the time as always, man. Appreciate the flexibility too. Thank you so much. And we'll talk to you again next week. 
Thanks, man. Take care. There you go. There's Kyle Hunter, professional better and handicapper over at huntersportspicks.com. Again, my apologies if the show sounds different. And of course, you know, recording it on a Sunday night for Monday, maybe the odds change. Sorry about that, but it is what it is. We got to do it when we can do it. And I'm glad we were able to get this show out to you. Coming up on Tuesday, we'll chat golf, hockey, NASCAR, who knows what else, with Brian Blessing, the host of Sportsbook Radio and Vegas Hockey Hotline. That'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. And I will talk to you again tomorrow. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash Boost by Tax Day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial, LLC, member SIPC.